right, so I've I've heard this a few times, and I think it's probably pretty correct. But when we're at like the BFI, for example, I think that's how many steers are at the BFI? You think? Uh, heck, I don't know. I guess probably 120, as long as there's or however many teams there is, there should be. Should be one for everyone. Yeah. Okay. So how long does it take you to get the steers down pretty good? And then if there's 120 steers at the BFI, how many of those steers do you think you know by like round two or three? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like sometimes I'm more involved in the rope and like, and I'm paying attention. Yeah. Like let's well, say you're doing good. Like for example, like, cause I, I think this is what I'm asking as far as like the competitive edge that it like provides you to, to know cattle. And there's some guys that like know them pretty well, but I think you're, you're, you know, obviously one of those guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It seems like I might, when I'm doing good, I don't remember them as well because I'm more doing my own little thing. I'm kind of going through a pattern and I'm sitting back there by myself or whatever. But then when I'm out of the rope and I dang near remember them better because I'm watching, I'm a spectator. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it obviously helps if you know them. But at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> I try to, but. When, when did you start working on that? Like as far as like trying to know what steers are what and and then how to like how to use that i don't think you ever start working on i think i don't know it might be a southeast thing because everyone from the southeast uh whether it be caleb or marcus or i think it's a southeast thing because you have to over there because our steers are terrible it's like you got to know what number nine of ken treadways does you got to know he's going to stop and this one you got to get one horn out the shoot and you got to know them. So then I think that's where it comes from. And I don't know, just paying attention, reading the cow. I don't, yeah, I don't know why we, I don't think we ever try to do it. I come from a radio company family. So we naturally, I'm always sorting them. We're trying to figure like, so I just pay attention, I guess. I, I don't think I ever set out to do it. Right. Well, I'm, I'm almost the exact opposite with like, we had a lot of cattle, but it seemed like we had so many when I would really try to like, oh, this is this one, or this is this one. Obviously, like the lopers or something that was really strong, they'd really stick out to me. But I I would like kind of assume that they would do something, and then I would be wrong. And I was just <laughs> wrong more times than I was right. And it, it seemed to like cost me more than it helped me. So I was like, I more or less just tried to like read the cow, like, you know, really try to just watch how they're like standing, stuff like that, and then read them that way. But I mean... For example, that year at the Feist that I, I had made it back to the short round, I think you were kind of right there close every time I was roping because I'd have you give me a gate rattle. And then I think it was like round four or five, like towards the end, I'd asked you about a steer and you were like, yeah, so-and-so ran him earlier and he's going to be pretty straight and good. Like you, like you, like, let me know, like, hey, this one mm -hmm. is real good. And sure enough was. And then same thing, like short round which I didn't know how much to trust you in the short round there, but it was, it was crazy. Cause when I, when I did ask you, like, or you just came up and told me, I can't, I don't know, so I can't remember, but you're like, Hey, this one was strong. You knew who ran him earlier. You're like he stepped left and then back to the right. And I do remember that. Like, I, I didn't want to trust you because I didn't want to have a strong one that ran left and right. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want that pattern, I guess at that time, but when he did step left and was really running, I think, if I wouldn't have known that steer, I think I would have tried him right there. But I kind of knew like it was coming. Like I could feel the steer like mm -hmm. had beat my healer and I kind of knew it was coming. Like I was going to have to follow him back to the right of swing. And I kind of like, it, it did help me out through that run. I was like, wow, that was, that was a big, 
it was a big deal for me that day, but I was like, <laughs> you, I mean, you were spot on with that cow and, and could, you know, like I said, you could tell me who ran them. And I don't know. I just was curious about this. Cause I was like, there's so many times where I think guys ask you about steers and, you know, for you to be able to like provide information like that was pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. My memory. I don't know. I got a good memory. I remember everything. Like I'll remember everything about today, 10 years from now. I don't, I got a weird memory, especially about steers, but I'm wrong sometimes. Sometimes I'm not sure. And they ask me and I'm like, eh, I don't know. But then I might say, well, I think he might be good. Yeah. When I really, I'm pretty dang sure he's good, but I don't know. I don't, I hate being wrong about it. But then at the same time, I'll try to, it gets hard. Like, the BFI this year, every steer's black. How do you, I mean, you got to start, but you do remember like, man, there was a big horn one or there was two with a white on their head. And one of them, it was one would smoke you. The one Lane Ivy run the first round so fast. And then there's one that lopes that, you know, I've seen somebody had to fish it on, turn them off. I'm like, it's, they look the same though, but I don't know. Yeah. It's scared to be wrong, but at the same time. Well, and I think it's just one of those things that the better you get at it, the more uh, of a competitive advantage, like throughout the whole year of rodeo, and it's going to pull through, right? Like if there's a time where, I mean, it just, it, it's got to help, doesn't it? It's, it's something like, it's got to start paying off. I, I would think a lot, you know, by the time you've roped a set a few times and you're like, you know, I, I mean, don't you think? Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I don't know that. They try and most successful header. I don't know that he remembers every steer and he still wins. But uh yeah, I mean it's not gonna hurt like oh this steer splits the gates and runs. Yeah, it's not gonna hurt anything. I mean, I seen a steer Jackson sent me a video from Oakdale and I'm like, I run that steer at the capitalist. He doesn't have a tail, he's got a downright horn, he's a brental, he hits fast. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna help you, but it's not gonna hurt to know what they do. Yeah. I think it's pretty impressive. Like, I, I don't know that you, I think you're downplaying this a little bit, but the fact that you can remember steers like that is, is wild. I, I know for a fact that I ran two of the same steers at a jackpot and I didn't realize it till I was watching <laughs> a video of, uh, it was last year, but I was like, man, I ran that sucker twice with the same partner. And I didn't even realize it. I just was like so locked in, but I don't know. I, I think that's kind of a, it's a weird aspect, right? To, to know cattle and, and be able to read the situation, but. All right, let's get into the rodeo deal. I, I want to, you know, you're obviously from back east, so kind of take me through this as far as like what is the roping like from back east, and then, um, you know, your kind of situation as far as like coming out here and and kind of pursuing the, the rodeo career. Uh, well, back east, it's little arenas. The barrier's not long, but it happens so slow that like you got to be patient. They kind of got to get their horns out because they might have some big old flat longhorn looking horns and i don't know it's uh it's definitely different because you don't learn to ride that good you learn to reach because if you go up on that sucker he'll put his nose on the dirt like you got to learn to kind of reach and you learn how to use what i think like the arena to keep yourself set up to finish or whatever like you have to learn all that because out here you got more arena you can square them off pull them and still have room to face. If you do that, if you square a Ken Treadway steer off, he's going to belly up and you're going to get hung facing. So then you kind of round them, keep use the steer's momentum, and you have to do. I mean, it's different, but at the same time, I think the rope and you learn to use your rope, but you don't learn to ride very good. So that's a hard part of coming out here. You got to learn how to, wow, you got to see that steer all the way out. He's running, and then you got to kick your horse. And 
yeah, I think that's hard, but uh, yeah, once you come out here, I don't know. I think it's easier to learn to ride than it is to learn to use your rope, though. So I think that's, if you can do it, I think that's the reason Dustin has success. Caleb, Luke, they can, they all know how to use the rope. So then it's like, well, we just learn how to use our feet, then we're good. Yeah. So I think that's good, but I don't know. And then it's hard coming out here just because, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. Uh, a lot more risk it seems like everyone's nervous they don't want to leave their family i think it'd be easy to be from texas and your family's right here and you come out here and you rodeo and when you get your butt beat it whatever you can go home your mom will pet you it'll feel good out here you're living in 11 quarters and you just stay at somebody else's house and it's so it's a little different when you first come out here it's harder to get going but yeah, the question of like why is constantly being asked, right? Like, because oh. it's the financial side of it's, it's it's a huge. I mean, it's a huge task to just, you know, understand like what it takes in fees and expenses while you're out there, and then if you're not, I mean, which is natural to not win a lot when you first mm-hmm. get out here, um, and then on top of all that, it's it's a sport where there's a lot of losing, anyways, right? Yeah, uh, I guess is out out here. I feel like. On the way up here to your house, I passed a few people that do this for a living. There's no one in North Carolina that does it for a living. And so it's almost like you run into a lot of people think we're stupid for rodeo and I, and they might be right, but whatever. I I can pay my bills. They can pay their bills. I'm doing what I like. You're shoveling asphalt. So it sucks. I mean, whatever. The people that will like kind of give you a hard time about it, it is to each their own or whatever they want to do. But yeah, it can be hard. I know I grew up and Luke was a huge, that's who I want. That's probably why I rodeo because I want to be like Luke. So uh, I grow up and people are like, that, that guy's never going to make it. He's never going to make it. He needs to stay at home and do the grading or do whatever. And then I'm like, hey, what I was at 32 years old, he goes. And now he's, you look at him as one of the most successful headers there's been. And he had, I mean, now he lives at a nice place and he wakes up in the morning, he ropes, takes care of his family. He's happy. So, yeah, it's, I think that's the hardest part about it. It's not the rope and it's not anything, but actually deciding you're going to do it, doing it because back home people, they kind of shun on you a little bit. Like, you're going to rope for a living? <laughs> All right. See you in a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? And so getting out here and just saying, you know what I'm going to do. There's a lot of positive people at home too, but there's a lot of negativity about trying to rodeo for a living. So I think that is the hardest part about coming from the east. It's not the rope, but it's the mental side of it. Well, from their perspective, it's like a lazy way, like an easy way to make money. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh. you're, not, it's, you're not working a nine to five. And then like, from my perspective, it's like, well, they're playing it safe. That's right. You know, they're taking the the safe check and you know, like they're, they're, they're going to have a cap at whatever they're going to do. And then they're also going to, I mean, I don't know that, like, I always go back to like, you know, the kid in you, right. That wants to, to do something big. Like, I, I think they, they don't really go for that. They kind of silence that voice and let that kind of go to bed. And you're like, man, I'm, I'm like trying to do something that's completely out of my comfort zone that not a lot of people can do. And then, you do find that it, it tests your mind. That's the constant battle of that is what, at least from my experience with it, right? Is that's the battle is always there. So it's like, how can you ride that line of 
mentally being okay and understanding like, Hey, this is, this is part of the journey of the task that you got to, you got to take on. And, uh, that that's a huge ask, I think. And, but not many people understand it. It's, it's a really, it's an uncomfortable feeling, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I say, you get both, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've, I've become comfortable with it. Like for a long time, I was like, and you know, they might still be right. Like I'm 33. I ain't made that enough far. I hadn't won as much as I should. So they're thinking, <laughs> told him, I told that kid when he was 22, you better get, sell them horses and go home and work. And they might be right. Like they might turn out to be right, but whatever. Regardless for me is I'm like, as long as I can take care of my family and do my thing and I'm doing what I enjoy, I said, I can figure out the rest later. And I'm a little bit like that, but that's how you have to be. If you're going to radio, you're going to figure out the rest later. They're going to say, well, you're going to buy this $100,000 horse. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Yeah, that's not going to, how are you going to make your money back? We'll figure out that later. We want to have the best chance to win today. And I think, and honestly, that's what has held me back a lot, a lot, a lot. I didn't, I don't know if I was, and I, I shouldn't say, oh, I was as talented as Caleb or nothing like that. But Caleb, I think that's the reason he's been so successful is he left the house with a Buddha, a brown, and a gray horse's dad trained for him or something. And heck, I seen him two weeks later. He didn't even have those horses. I'm like, what'd you do with the gray? Oh, dude, I sold him to a bulldogger. I'm like, what? I traded him for a saddle. I'm like, hey, me, I'll just ride the same bad horse for three years. I, I can't spend no money. I can't. If I spent 25000 no, dude, that ain't going to work. And I think that killed me. I think it put you behind because you're scared to take risk. And then, oh, now we're going to take risk when we're 27, 28 years old. I think that was my biggest mistake. But that goes back to back home people. They're a little bit like, and that's my mind too. Like, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. But if it's going to be your business, you better invest in it. And horses are the most important thing. I think you see people going ways, man, that guy's roping good. Or you see a guy at circuit rodeos, he's got 30,000 won the circuit. Go buy his horse because that's why he's winning. This guy won 15,000 last year and now he's got a horse. I said, that's, that's generally speaking, that's how it goes. I mean, obviously you got to rope good, but horses are. A lot and that's a big investment especially now everybody wants too much money for their horse but rightfully so old and solids worth a lot of money well yeah because you uh you get the same trip right? You're, right you're getting uh you're getting basically the same amount of chances throughout the whole year if you've got if you got your horse working the you know obviously if he scores good you should be able to it should all kind of be on you each time you nod your head and that's tough so you know the the thing about rodeo that's so tough is there's a certain amount of like confidence and you got to like believe in what you're doing is the right way you're going like to go about that's it. right but also you've got to have enough like humility and self-evaluation to to kind of change course and you're saying you know like 27 is when you started realizing it about the horses and stuff like that and that's something you wish you to adjusted earlier but do you think there's and more of that, like, is that something you, you get by like losing and like competing? Or do you think that's just something like, like, how do you get to that point? Like quicker, like, you know what I mean? Like to start making these decisions, like, all right, how do I evaluate? Like, all right, I need to adjust, but also not going the other way with like, 
everything you're doing is wrong and not believing in yourself, right? Uh, the self-evaluating, I think, for a little bit, I I hid from it just a little. Like, at first, I think everyone does to a certain extent. You're kind of like, man, I don't know if I want to open that can of worms. Do I want to change something? Because that's going to take a while. And I've done it a few times. I literally... I probably self-evaluate more than anybody, but I moved to Chad's when I was 18 and thought I was good, man. I, I just won the high school finals. I was like, thought I was rank or whatever. And then I get there and Chad tells me how bad my swing is. I was like, sweet. Thanks. <laughs> hey, and I'm telling you, I was like, I can't argue with him. So I started change. I changed everything and I went from, I could turn steers. Like I wrote pretty good. And then all of a sudden I went through two years. I'll tell you, Chad is very, very talented. So he's like, I tried to mimic him too much. And Luke let me, we all live together. Luke let me. And I was like, golly, this, this hard to mimic, but I tore my whole game down. It took me about a year before I was literally running two steers and could not turn them, run up to them, miss them, run up to them, miss them. Run up to him, miss him. Luke finally tells me, man, just take what you can learn from Chad. A little bit. I started having to blend it. At first, I tried to rip just like Chad, and that was hard. Or terrible. But uh, but it was the best thing. I swear, it was a year of bad roping. It was the best thing I ever did for my life there. And then I went a few more years, like 23, 24. I wasn't sure if I wanted to rodeo. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was just ducking pressure a little bit because I didn't want to step out on a limb that might break and then i kind of started making taking some risk when i was 27 i was like all right i'm gonna start buying some more horses but i was still wasn't i was practicing but i wasn't truly uh, i wasn't sticking my neck out there to look like or have a bad day until probably the last i don't know last the fall of 2021 maybe yeah I told Caleb I was coming over there every day and I don't know. He might be nice to a lot of people. He's not nice to me about roping a lot. He's pretty real. And that was what I needed. I needed someone that wasn't a yes man. I didn't want nobody. I was like, dude, I'm 33 years old. I feel like I, or what, I was 31 or two at the time. I was like I'm behind the eight ball. I hadn't had success. I wanted to obviously what I'm doing is not working. Right. I was like, and it ain't hard to see. It's like, what are you hiding from? They watch you at the jackpot. They watch you fail. They watch you fail at the ropings. Everyone knows what you're doing wrong. Like, you could ask anybody and they could say, yeah, kid, he does this and this and this wrong. So it's not hard. It's like, well, why are you hiding from it? So I was like, screw it. I'm going to Caleb's and I'm going to let him just tear me down and beat me to death. And he's, but he pushes, push you to no level. I mean, the next level. It's, I'm, He'll push you hard. If he cares about you, he's going to push you hard. If he ain't telling you what you're doing wrong, he don't like you. But if he likes you, he's going to be hard on you. But I think that's the best thing, currently best thing that's ever happened to me on my roping aspect was him pushing. Like, that's been the best thing. He ropes realistic steers. You ruin a couple horses over there, but you try to get better. And I think it's good. It's real good. Do you think you could have heard the truth about it? Like you know someone like that would tell you like he does now early on in your roping career and you'd have been able to to stay stay with it yeah i think so i don't know yeah that was how i was raised i, I do know my dad 
he would tell you straight up, golly, he was, yeah, no, I don't know if he's the most realist dad I've seen. Like, I think, I think it's unbelievable. Like Clay Tron talks to his kids and he's like, he tells them straight up how it is. I think that's what you need to do. Make them thick skinned early. That way they can handle the truth. Cause if you duck the truth, man, you're, unless you're just unbelievably talented and you can kind of slip through the cracks, but yeah, my dad was pretty, um, I'll never forget. I was in the, we were in the truck and we were leaving somewhere and I was, I, I don't like talking bad about people. I did from this day. I remember it, but I was like, yeah, he just rips. All right. And he, I was talking about people and he was like, he looks at me. He's like, you, you were terrible. Like, what are you, you're talking about this guy, your horse is rearing up. You're coming. I mean, this is terrible. Why? And from that day, I'm like, you know what? I better not talk. And we all talk about people, but from that day, it dang sure changed me because my dad, he'd be real with me about it. He's pretty, we were upfront about what was going on what was going wrong. So, but yeah, I just, yeah, you do get around a lot of people. It's great. I do the same thing. I literally do the same thing. There's not, but a few people I'll actually tell the truth. Like they ask me, man, you're repping good. You're not repping good, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I, it's hard to get me to think you're roping good. Like, I, or I think other people are up good. Like, I, I don't give myself any credit, but I'm just not naturally confident type person like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's good to get around someone that'll kind of not tear you down, like make you feel bad about yourself, but at the same time, push you. Tell I you like the truth. the truth. I like the truth. At this point in my life, it's like. Well, I think understanding, like, the the truth is not bad and it's not mm -hmm. good it just is what it is right and the other thing is you got to be able to evaluate what people say to you because there are times where someone might say something and you got to challenge it and you got to you got to be able to get to the like the root of that because they might say something they've seen and it might have been like a mistake that you made once or twice but it it might not be something that's there but it also could be a huge thing that's there too and i I think that's, at least for me, I, I think that's really important to understand that is, hey, what what is the truth? And then making sure that like when I when I hear it, I'm not defensive about it. I'm <laughs> like, hey, this you're you know, you're right. And then ha and then you can start looking at it from like, okay, well, if this is the situation, then what do I need to do? And and then I think that's like a like, like I always say this, but it puts you in the, the process, right? Mm -hmm. So you're always just looking at your performance as something that you're adding to it. And so if you're doing the right things long enough, the, the winning will just start taking care of itself, right? Is that kind of, is that kind of how it like seems to flow when you, when you start hearing, like oh, yeah. evaluating it like that? Yeah, I will send my videos to different, not much, but like I'll, Martin Lucero, he'll watch me. And he'll tell me, dude, what are you doing? He said, you're pulling across there. Yeah, you hung it on him, dude. You sloshed him out. There's no read. You turned his head loose. It's like, dude, you got to go one more and or whatever and set it up. And this and I'm like, dude, I hung it on that. So that was to be fast. Yeah. He's got a man up. He'll that one, I'm thinking. And he trashes me. I'm literally sending the video to get a good job. And he's just telling me, man, you got to do like, yeah, you hung it on him, but you didn't do anything after that. And so I can remember it clear as day, like I was roping my little cousin and uh, he was fighting his head a little bit. Now, what am I doing? I'm heading good. So I'm just, 
I throw at the line at Gunnison, Colorado. I get him around the neck, and he switches, and I turn his head loose. Whatever. Could have been four, but gosh dang, it was going to take a great heel shot. Better slack, and the Lord was going to have to be on our side for this to work. But <laughs> I did catch him fast. And Martin gave me crap about it. I was like, dang. I was mad. I bowed up. I didn't bow up at him, but I just I probably didn't text him back that much. And the next day, we go to Filer, and I turn one to be short for on a short rope because i thought about it all night like i was like that's probably he was probably right but you know yeah i think i think that uh that's the kind of people you need around you is people that tell you the truth and then hey, you got to be willing to work at it as far as the process i'm in love with practice like that's my favorite my wife would be like you are going all day i said dude my favorite thing to do is i love to get there early i want to pin the steers i want to rake the boxes i want to have the ground perfect i'm in love with everything about practicing and you got to be i think i don't know some people ain't like some people don't love the process or whatever and they still win so i don't think you got to be like that but it makes me feel good to i go crazy if i don't practice like i like being in the team rep arena i can be out there all day and run 20 steers and be so happy like I watching other people rope and I just, that's what I like to do. And, uh, so yeah, I don't know that you gotta be like that, but for me, that's what I like being out there practicing it. I think it was Easter. Yeah. Yesterday, two days ago, two yeah. days ago. I'm like, we get done eating. I'm like, dang, it's already four o'clock, three o'clock, whatever. I'm like, I'm wanting to practice. I went crazy. Like I'll go crazy in my mind thinking about how bad, or if I messed up the day before or whatever, like it, all that stuff will, it'll blow up my head. You go two days out practicing with me, I'm, I get ill because I, my mind is going crazy on stuff that I know I'm not good enough at that I want to work on. So I think you got to like to practice for, for I, me. I mean, well, it just, the more you practice, that just increases the odds. Right? That's right. I mean, you you've know, got, like, if you just run the numbers, the yeah. more steers you run, the odds are you're going to rope better right and yeah that's right and it's just more like how how to be like deliberate with practice mm -hmm. and, and then maximizing those sessions is probably the guys that are going to improve the the quickest right that's yeah that's, and i think everyone has their own style of it too yeah whereas i think luke you can give him j5 his practice horse and he feels better if it, the more steers he runs, he can run a hundred. He wants to run a hundred a day or whatever. And people say, Oh, a hundred a day. That's a lot of steers. You know, no one runs a hundred a day. That is the impression of, Oh yeah, we run 50 today. Man, you didn't run 50, you run 25, maybe 150 steers is a lot. Luke will run a ton and that's his way of doing it. There's all kinds of like, and then some people might run 15 steers, but they're five on three good horses. I think you can do it. How, whatever makes it work for you but yeah i don't know i think the you got to be out there working on it is what i what i believe right how do you evaluate your practices like i know chad writes his runs down i've started to write my runs down a little bit too and like kind of log things do you do you do stuff like that as far as like either log like competition runs or practice sessions or like try to like put a game plan together each each day or what does that look like uh, I don't know, like, I guess kind of depending on what we're, I don't log anything, but I do keep up with like at the rodeos, how many steers I get out of the barrier and turn or whatever. But, um, 
I don't know that I log anything for accident, and I will do. We will have different, like I guess, what uh, if you're going to the Lone Star Shootout? Then we might work pressing, making runs. If we got, like, I go to Caleb's every day. We got two sets of steers. There's the steers we rope for our horses and we train on, and the steers we practice on and try to make good runs. So I think it depends on where we're going, what we're doing each day. Some days we're just over there. We used to not be like this. Last year, we were not like this. Yeah, last year, every day was for us. We had fast years, and this year, we're more, we got both, because he's riding more fraternity horses, which it helps me, because last year, it was like every horse just chomping at the bit. We're just making runs, and this year, he's working on his fraternity horses or whatever, so then I'm going to hold my investments and make my investments last, like, as far as my horse is like, hey, I can actually go do some slow stuff with this horse or that horse to keep it keeping peace together. Because last year we were flirting with the line of, hey, like, but no, um, I think it just depends on what you're getting ready for. And as far as how we practice, we probably make quite a bit of realistic runs. But here lately, I don't have as many horses to practice on. So it's been more for the horse. But yeah, I don't know. I don't log anything or in the practice, man. I, I don't have to. I got, like I say, I got a memory and every, if that day, whatever I felt like that day, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, man, that didn't feel that good. Or man, that was, and then like I say, I'm practice. I think this is the best thing is I practice last year. It was Caleb and junior, me and Lane and uh, Kellen and Carson. So every day it's like, we're almost competing against each other. Cause you don't want to be the worst team out there. You don't want to, you know what I mean? And then, um, I don't know. It's Caleb holds you accountable. So really you don't have to log nothing. Like right. in five steers, he's going to tell me, man, you're leaking off the corner, man. You're leaning. You're, you're not using your feet. You're not this. You're not that. Turn your rope over too much. Whatever he's fussing at me about. You're not pulling the cow. Go, go. Or whatever it is. You don't, I mean, so I think that's, I think about like whatever went wrong that day. Like I'm, I want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and get started again because I'm so disappointed in how I, what I was messing up with that day, and so I don't think I gotta log it because it's in my head. Right. But, uh, but yeah, no, I don't think it would hurt. I mean, I know the. Yeah. Well, I just know there's a lot of ways to go about it, right? And then, but more importantly, the the key, I think you said it is the next day. You know what you're gonna work on. Yeah. Yeah. And then like each day has a purpose, right? And I think that's, I'm, and that just makes sense for the practice to maximize your practice That's sessions right. and and then also there's little things like that if you you know if you're logging your competition runs or you just kind of know in competition where you're at well you'll start addressing those things that you might that might be like coming forth in competition right i think that's why it is important to compete a lot because you did it you find out a lot of information about your run or what you know what you're doing that you might need to add to or fix uh to, to just kind of help you keep winning right yeah that's right uh yeah, I don't, I think the, like say, which I, not everyone has that advantage, but like practice and the people that rope good every day, rope McCaleb and Junior every day or whatever, I think that's like going to a jack, like, which I don't know, it's easier, but some people want to take the easy road on the practice. They kind of want to leave about neck rope point and 
going to come across there to where they don't get rattled loose. Their horse score is just good enough and make horse pretty easy, put it on the horns and then knock them guys. They're over there. They're kind of flirting with the line. Of, it's going to be out of control. Like they get so comfortable being uncomfortable that it becomes comfortable. So for me, I'm like, last year, I was like, we started practicing in the winter. I'd been back home and I showed up. I'd been practicing probably not fast years, whatever, back in North Carolina. I hadn't been roping every single day. And then I get out here and Caleb's giving them this much and he's still being five. And I'm like, so now I'm trying to do it. And it feels right. like I feel lost out there. I'm like, holy cow. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Well, I just kept doing it. I just kept missing, really. I was roping terrible. It took me three weeks when I showed up. He was hand. I mean, it was embarrassing to be roping out there with him. I was like, well, I was like, this is terrible. This is terrible. Me and Lane were like just two 15-year-old kids out there just hitting each other with getting, sticks. And then getting beat up. I mean, and then next thing you know, it starts coming together because I started getting more well, front leg didn't seem like that much. Heck, I can give this deer half. He's going to be outrunning me, but I can kick, kick, kick till I get 50 foot out in the arena. And heck, then he's in range and I can head him. And then it just all starts coming. I think, like I say, you got to make yourself uncomfortable enough that that becomes comfortable. And then all of a sudden, it's like, when you go back to it, it's or like, oh, we show up somewhere and one of the barriers shorter. It's like, it's so easy. And then you, you can see that when you show up practice. Like, we're practicing by the strong big steers caleb's getting steers all the time and you go over there and you're like golly these these things are running caleb's seeing front leg it just looks hard as heck and we rope like that and then you go to billy bobs and we're open 350 pound these steers are loping it just seems so user-friendly and then you see people that show up that maybe don't have the access to strong steers and it looks like they're behind the run and they're it's hard for them they're like these are some fresh little wild things i'm like Dude, my horses are so excited to see these because <laughs> of what Caleb provides. So, I didn't like I say, you can't, not everyone, you, I know I can't, you can't have those kind of steers, but for far as for me, that's been a blessing. And however you got to do it, but I think you need to push yourself to practice being pretty hard to the point where some days, some days you need to be mad when you leave. Like, you need to be disappointed. Like, there needs to be some heart tear. If it doesn't bother you when you leave the practice pen, if you're not sad, you either it was too easy or you're one of the best setters in the world or you're not emotionally tied to it. And you need, I think, I want to be emotionally tied to it. I want to, I'm not saying you go home and you're mad and so you take it out on, that's not how it is, but I'm just saying like it should be in your head. Like she my wife's like, it, it, eat it, eat oh, it, my wife's it. like, you're quiet. I left San Angelo on the first one. I did, did terrible. Everyone thinks my steer was fast. It wasn't fast. I just didn't score that good. Didn't ride my horse. I'm thinking about throwing. Steer's way out there. Horse is loping. I do terrible. And the next day, my wife's like, you're quiet. You mad? What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, it, eat, it should eat at you. If it's not eating at you, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, it, I think, I'm not saying, I think you should go home and I got a wife and kid, and I want to go home and be a good dad to him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think it should eat. The practice should eat at you. Not just competition. The practice should eat at you if it's not. Because if it's not hard enough, I mean, yeah, I think you should be thinking about it. Well, you, you can kind of learn how to, like, 
harness it more or less like they're eating at you right like if you because for example i mean getting beat by caleb and junior in weeks of practice right and you can't even make a run that feels what they're doing at all right like this is happening for weeks right oh yeah no it's still happening (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's still happening. Yeah, yeah. But if I go to his house later, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen today. So the the mental side of that is just got to be breaking you down constantly. And I think there's you're going to hit certain spots mentally where it's like, all right, this has got to get fixed or what am I going to do? And and it's going to keep keep you on the brink, all of, probably always pressing because it's like, if I can't get this figured out, then what am I doing? Right? Is that is that what it feels like? Oh yeah, yeah. And I think, like I say, it's almost preparing you for the summer. Because the summer's gonna leave. I think people get false confidence in the practice men a lot. So they're just, oh yeah, they just leave them with an easy start. Steers are getting a little too good. We've been roping them every day for three weeks. They're getting good. You know the steers, it's easy. So then you're it just feels too good. And then you get out in the summer and something slaps you in the face and you're like golly and all of a sudden now you're fighting your head well i think you like say it's almost the uncomfortable thing but i do that we've been doing that already like it's almost i've been getting beat up all winter to now i'm just i'm used to getting beat up i think it so i think it don't you don't get on waves as much when you learn how to kind of ride that line but no i mean as far as confidence that's all i mean if you're winning, you're confident. If you're, I mean, yeah, you just got to turn steers to get confident. Well, you've already answered the question whether I'm going to keep going or not so many times in the practice spin, yeah. right? That losing a competition just kind of, it's not that big of a yeah. deal, right? So it's just always like, all right, we're just going to keep going. And you just kind of keep taking it on the chin. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and I think that's, that's kind of the mentality you got to have if you're going to, if you're going to, rodeo right i mean that's 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 part of it one thing i I think that uh, as far as like a header goes if they want to figure out summer if they're if they're ready to head and they're they're really like one of the hardest shots i think and i I just want to talk to you about this because it just jumped in my mind but something that i've always like tried to understand is the the feeling that happens in the summer that you don't see very often or you don't even practice very i don't think much is when you hit the line and you can't throw all your rope to to the steer that's right and if you're crossing the line and that steer's out of range and you still have to be four to five on that steer i think that's the great headers they can be four and five on that cow still and and sometimes it's a six second rodeo um if it's exceptionally long and hard but i think that that's the that's one of the shots like you were talking about i think earlier right when it's like if you see point and you kind of go out there like almost no matter what, when you get across the line, you're in range. That's right. But if you start to see front leg and, you know, tail to, to tail around the end, you have to get so much more run out of your horse, but then you have to have the feel to really be able to know like, all right, I can start addressing those shots. So for someone that, I, and you can tell me if this is wrong, but I think for someone that wants to know like, hey, are they really ready to handle a lot of rodeo and, and be successful? I think if you can connect on that run, and spin a, a good amount of those steers, then I think you're ready to to start rodeoing a little bit and and expect some success. So would you agree, or is that is that close? Like, is that one yeah. of the hard runs right there? Yeah, no, it is. Like, say, I think it was was it two years ago? It seemed like everywhere we went over the summer was two foot over. Oh my! Two God. foot over was the new even, and I was like, or foot over. And I swear, <sighs> yeah. you had to give the cow half 
And then there were still people blasting them. And that's, I think you got to be able to reach then, but also I think that goes back to something I struggle with is like getting some sand off of the corner. So the horse has got to be standing. You drop your hand, he's got to fire and he's got to be running and then reaching in. I, I mean, that also goes back. You need a good horse because some of them, when they get to running like that, then they don't give you a place to throw. So then they're kind of stepping into the cow and there's nowhere to throw. You need one that on haul butt across there, but then step up and out where you can reach. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that. All the things you just described right there takes so much experience to what? get. I, I don't mean, know that. It's like you got to have your heart broken a lot of rodeos I to feel all those can, things. I think you can set that up at home. Yeah. But just, at the same time, you almost got to go. Like, I don't know. There's There's been years Belfouche went to head. It's boxes are shallow. It seems weird, though. Like some of the places like that one. Like you show up and I have no confidence because I'm like, gotta give this deer a lot. These little Mundorfs are running like crazy. I don't know. I don't know. And you run them out their ways, but I've done good at places that I was not confident. I don't know why. It's like going out of the first round. First round this year at the BFI, we go out and it's like, holy cow, this is a long day. Because yeah. now I got to let the steer all the way out the chute and then I still got to be short five on him. It's, and I've had some success going at the rounds there. And for no, trust me, I did not think I was going to. Like, I went out this year and I was like, man, I could be home by lunchtime if I just leave right now because this is going to be rough. Yeah. It's it's hard. But I think it's just kind of mental, too. I'm like, it's it'll all come together. I literally was like, well, I'm just going to go turn the second one and see. I'm just going to let them out, whatever the start is, and then see what happens and shoot it it worked but i think that's a lot of the maybe i think the mental aspect like i say putting yourself in that situation the first thing we do most you'll see young kids that go rodeo it's the hardest thing is it's two foot over but dustin just went four driggers just went four so what do they do well they got to be four now they don't score yeah because it's hard to have the confidence to let the steer out but the, they don't, the barrier doesn't care if you're in a hurry. That's not going to change because now, so I just think if you'll just see the start, come across there riding and then throw whenever you think you can catch, or sometimes you throw when you don't think you're going to catch. Right. And you still you just got to hope it works. But uh, I think if you do that, give yourself some chances, that's the main thing. But it's, it's hard to talk yourself into. I'll be wanting out of the corner. I'll be like, I don't know about this. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just situational. You got to put yourself in those situations, and I don't know. Yeah, it's there's so many setups where it's <laughs> like you, you like Bellfish. I, I forget about that place, but it is you know you you literally it's as much as you're ever going to see. Like very few times in the practice, short and, boxes too, so you yeah. can't move. Yeah, it's a uh, like, but. But that's something in the practice pin, you know, set your box at 16 and then see tail by the end of the gate, you know, <laughs> like on a, on a pretty strong steer or even like it could be less or more from that point. But I mean, I think that's a, that's a realistic feel for that spot. And it's, it's crazy when you're that close to the cow and then you got to see him go that far. It, mm -hmm. it messes with you. But I, I think that understanding the situations and that that's just experience competition and, and kind of this this process of you got to be able to trust what you're doing too along the way. And so it's like, you got to be hard headed enough to, to know like, Hey, I, I can make it work. You know, I can, this shot, 
that I'm mm-hmm. taking is good enough. And then you also got to know, I'm like, all right, when do I need to fix this? And how long is it going to take me to fix it? Because there are some things that are going to happen throughout the summer that you probably can't fix, right? You just got to like store it away in the back of your mind. Like, okay, winter time, when I get, when I get a moment, I'm going to need to work on this a little bit. Is that, is that kind of what it feels like to you? Or do you feel like you can change it during the summer a little bit? Uh, I mean, there's little things like that. You can say, oh, you're doing wrong. You can fix it. As far as actual fixing, like breaking a habit. No, you better, you better. Uh, I think that was the coolest thing. I, I really got a lot from COVID. Sounds bad, but out here you're like, well, I got to go to the rope in two days. I got to go to this in two days. So you can't really just tear yourself down and try to fix some of the problems you kind of been sweeping under the rug. Well, then COVID, no one did nothing. You weren't missing nothing for three, two or three months. So I went home and roped every single day and got to stay at a buddy of mine's house and he had a bunch of steers for us and everything set up. And it was awesome. Like you weren't, you had three months to really just tear everything down and put it back together and, and try to find your holes and actually work on them. Cause a lot of times you're in this cycle where you're like, dang, I can't step away for three weeks and fix something because I'm going to be there tomorrow. Or you know what I mean? I thought that was awesome. I thought you could like actually, oh, this horse ain't doing this right, but I need him in two days. So I got to use him or man, I'm just going to trick score him right here. So I thought COVID was pretty beneficial if you used it like some people went to the lake but i think if you used it i thought it's pretty far as for us we could step back yeah time to work on it that's that's hard to do when you're in the cycle you know what i mean and i guess you got november and december you really don't it feels like we have time off but if you go to arizona well you come home you go to the capitalist you go to them few good ropings in october and then you're going to arizona then you know what i mean like the next thing you know odessa's here so you don't really there's never a downtime I use May. May's kind of a downtime, right? So May's kind of a. It's like the final tuning, right? Yeah, yeah, it's that's like right. Final, that's what I use it for. Few weeks I tell people all the time. <laughs> I get on to my cousins or whatever. And they they want to sit at the house. I go to in May. I go to unofficial radios and UPI radios and everything, and try to figure out. Well, is this horse going to work this summer, or if he's green, trying to get him seasoned, or whatever it's may's your month to get everything ready for the summer because in the month it's gonna be too late if you show up and by the time you get to livingston you figure out that your horse ain't good enough it's too late or you figure out that you're not doing good at this but if you would have used may to May's, there's a bunch of unofficial rodeos and there's a bunch of upras and there's stuff that you can work on and i think that is I don't know. I, I took the easy route, man. I took the, I tell, I, the best thing for a young person is to find somebody. Do not find, don't ask somebody. I tell Jackson this. You can't ask, you can ask Snow a lot, but you can't, he's so talented and he made the finals when he was 20 or 19 or whatever. As soon as he could drive, he made the NFR. I, those, for me, I can't ask people like that because I wasn't as gifted early and I'm not even on the same track. I like, I need to ask Luke, what'd you do? How did you, cause you're, he took you forever. You know what I mean? Like right. somebody can relate to somebody that's been in the grind and somebody 
Caleb does not need to go to rodeos in May. Unless he's going to try to ride one of these green horses over the summer, he don't need to go to rodeos in May. He can stay home, practice, do whatever. The guys ain't proven. They ain't done what they need to do. I think they let's let's go to the five UPRAs in one week, and we can kind of, dang, I did terrible. I scored bad. Well, I'd rather learn that I can't score or learn that I'm not riding a horse to learn that I'm doing something wrong. I'd rather learn that when it cost me $100 and didn't cost me a rodeo. I don't want to be trying to figure out my stuff. I want to show up to Reno and feel like I'm perfectly ready. But that, I mean, you can't practice that stuff at home. It's just like that. You got to be in every kind of setup. And so, and Texas has a lot of that to offer. No one else, nowhere else does that can actually get you ready for the summer, but Texas does. Right. And so I think that's huge. I agree. What about failure? You know, I think this is, this is a thing that, is really unique is the perspective of failure right and you constantly are losing right rodeo and we've talked about this but last last year has got to be the the oddest thing to me because it's last year was your best year rodeoing right yeah and you finished 16th in the world and the last week or so you had a chance to make the nfr right that's right so what does this what is what comes out of that like when you, you know when you finish 16th was it What's the perspective of something like that? Is that do you look at that summer as a success? Is it a failure? Is it like if it is a failure, what what positive things come out of it, or like does it motivate you? You, you know, like to be so close to that point, you know, what what does that look like? I don't. I think there's for me. Uh, I'm probably weird, but like a lot of people say, oh, it killed that guy, or oh, it <laughs> drove that guy, or. And they're like, dang, that sucks to be 16th. No, it's better than 17th. That's actually like a thousand or two more I made that year. Right. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm, you shouldn't get comfortable not making the finals or whatever, but it's not the end of the world for me. Like, uh, as long as I'm roping and winning, I rope for money. I don't necessarily rope. Not a huge, like, you want to go to the NFR, that's where you make all your money. I'm not saying that, but, uh, it doesn't really, it didn't really bother me. I did, I guess, I mean, sure, you're like, damn, if I'd have just caught that one steer, man, I mean, I literally hit, I mean, whatever. I, I look back, there was San Antonio. We had a chance. I blame Mitchell for this. I go to right in, I swear. I catch clean, five grand. And I can catch clean now, fast, but I can go catch a steer. But Mitchell's like, man, you don't get many chances to win 12. Let's try to win this thing. Oh, dude. <laughs> but I can't break the barrier. I'm late. But then Mitchell said, let's try to win it. So I throw my whole rope, get him around the front leg. I go to fishing out. This gets wild. I'm the last team out. It was terrible. And I'm like, well, I should have just caught that one. I would have made the finals. Like, I look at it like that. But yeah, I don't, I don't even look back and think, man, I, I don't take nothing. That's how you competed. You competed, whatever. I just, there's obviously runs I'm like, oh, like, like that up and back, that was a loper you messed up or whatever. But I, I've gotten good at. I'm older. I'm you know, I got a lot of cuts on me or whatever you want to call. It. There's a lot of scars from losing. So uh, it's made me thick skinned. I don't. It didn't bother me really. I was obviously you're ready to start back. You're ready to get back after it. But I'm like that when I'm thirtieth. I don't care. I'm ready to start back. Yeah, I don't. Hey, I won the most I ever won. So I don't know that 
I mean, obviously you didn't make the finals. You were one out, but it's better than winning 30,000 last year. You know what I mean? I, a, I got closer to get my money back, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it drives you. Obviously it makes it where it's like, Oh, she's, and that'd have been easy to do that. But I, I think I do that. I, I win 30,000. I'm thinking, man, that'd have been easy to win 50 more and make the finals. I do that all the time. So, but it does suck if you win a thousand more, you make the finals. But it almost still to this day, it's it's embarrassing to say. But like you almost from back where we're from, no one makes the finals, so it's like you don't even expect to make the finals. Like it's a dream. It's like this fantasy deal. I shouldn't be like that. Like they say, like you got to make it real, so it doesn't seem like that big a deal. But I can't. Like everyone says, it. that's stupid though. How do you? Your mind has been like that your whole life. How do you just say? And of course, not that big. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't, I can't play those sight games. Like no, hell no, it's big deal to make finals to me, because that's what you always wanted to do. And so, it was a, uh, yeah, it still don't even seem like I can make it. Like you could give me sixty thousand right now, and I'd be like, I think I could make it. Obviously, I think I could win, but you know what I mean? It's still it's almost surreal that you would make the finals. So, I don't know. It wasn't that. I wasn't disappointed to me really. I was mad that I didn't make it, but the best I ever did so right so do you take that and like do you evaluate the summer as far as like all right this or there's some mistakes or some runs that like you think you could make better that makes the difference right or is there do you just I mean are you constantly already in that process so much through practicing that it just seems like you're are you know you're trying to get better and more prepared for each situation or what does that kind of look like uh no there's there's things that you obviously I tried to learn and tried to do or whatever. I know just like this instance on San Antonio, I think you have to be, if you do one thing 50% of the time and then it only works 50% of the time, like it's 25% or whatever, I don't even know math. But um, if you're going to be a team that's going to always catch, like, hey, we made the short round, we're going to catch every single time. Win what you win. That... You either got to do that every time or you got to back in there and try to win first every time. But if you, you can't float on that. And that was one thing I learned, like San Antonio, everywhere all year, we went like, oh, I'm fifth callback at Red Bluff. I just went during the steer. I won the rodeo. She wasn't supposed to. I was just, just playing on one fifth. Use your steer. Well, you go to every time it was just catch. Caldwell, we're on down there. No one's catching. We just go catch. I think I won second or third at the third at the rodeo, and place good in the short round. Literally just by catching. Everywhere we we won a lot just by catching, and then San Antonio was the one place where we didn't just catch. So I think if I'm just going to be every short round, I'm just going to go catch. That's what you should do. Or, and you need to win eight out of ten times, nine out of ten times, just catching. Or you need to, if you got ten short rounds or whatever, ten. Where, you know, you're having that conversation like, man, I could press right here and have a chance to win the rodeo or, man, I could just back down and go catch. I think you got to pick a lane and that's what you got to pick your your style, whatever works for you. And Mitchell, he's a he's aggressive, you know, I mean, he's like, oh, heck with these guys. We can beat them. Let's try to win. And I'm over here like, man, dude, you know, third <laughs> pays five thousand dollars. So we're a little bit. But no, it's good. And that's. I think, I mean, to me, I think you need to decide what you are. And even the one-headers, you need to decide, man, are you going to try to place 
Are you going to try to win three out of 10 rodeos or are you going to try to place it seven or eight out of 10? And I think for me, I'm a, I want to try to place seven out of 10 times, eight out of 10 times. Just not saying that's doable. I'm just saying your mentality. I think I literally just left San Angelo the second round. I missed the first one and we look at whatever's placing. And most people look at the three nine and they're like, well, we got to beat three nine or whatever, whatever. Four flat was in the round when I went in there. And I was thinking, I looked at it, I'm like, if you beat that four four, you're going to win $2,000 round to pay five grand. I said, and that's my mindset of I weigh my risk to reward and I try to, I just try to get even as aggressive as Caleb is. Both people that helped me with my rodeo and is Martin and Caleb and they both think, you know, risk to reward. Caleb's thinking, just get you fifteen hundred out of this rodeo. Go to the next one when it lines up to have a big rodeo, we can do that. Martin's real big on that too. And you would think Caleb backs in there and he's wallowing around the box. He's gonna be you think he's fixing to try to be three nine or he's gonna try to win the round, but in his mind he he tells me this. I think he's lying because he tries to win first. <laughs> I, I really, I really do aggressive. think he's a liar. But uh, for me, I think he's like, dude, if you try that, it's going to look stupid. But he's really adamant on just telling me, hey, get your 1500 And he's wasting his breath because I'm already thinking, dude, 1500 You know what I mean? That sounds good to me versus nothing. So I don't know. I think you just got to pick your style of it and then roll with it. Well, just, yeah, understanding the team and the, the run. And, and I think that's the other deal. Like, you just kind of got to know what you want to, like, what type of run you want to make. And then that's where you test it out. At, like right. these other rodeos, right? And it, and that's why there's partner swaps because all, all the time, I think, because it does change with styles and horses' styles. And, and I think that's a, a lot of it right there. Um, but you kind of got to be able to stay true to that all year. And, they, I mean, I guess that would make a lot of sense because it seems like the teams that, well, like, uh, I don't know who told me this, but uh, it might have been Driggers that said it. Um, that, like, Chad Masters and Tyler Wade have, like, two completely different styles. But at the end of the year, they're real similar in dollars one. You know, they're Absolutely. both probably in the top ten in the world and, you know, typically year in and year out. And so, but both those guys are really good at, at doing that. And then, and then I think the other thing that's really unique is the more they compete, they kind of evolve to win in, in the other ways too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like you get this foundation of like, you know what wins and then you can kind of extend out of that a little bit more and take a little bit more risk. And you kind of know your, you kind of get to learn your limits. And, and I think that's where uh, the guys can really become great teams or great, like a great head or a healer when they know that they can kind of do a little bit of both. Right. And they can kind of get out of their own, deal that they used to do a little bit too and like like caleb for example you know he seems like over the last few years he was a guy that always was really aggressive but now it's like he's he can go just he can head like a, a catcher and so he just can read the cow and do whatever the cow's you know asking for that day you know it's pretty incredible to to see someone do that right yeah yeah i think that, that's the great like the best ones can do both but then like you say, like Chad, he runs up there. He might go another swing. Horse really works. He sets him up. The guys heal fast for him. And he's seven flat at the BFI. And then you see T-Wade, second round. He comes across there, throws his whole entire rope, gets him around the shoulders, 
leads him around there. Nice TG heals him. They're seven flat. I thought that I was like, did he miss the first one? No, he placed in the first round. It, it's <laughs> yeah. just all about. I mean, they different styles, and it's a, whatever works for you. And like I say, I, I love it because they know T Wade from two goals away can get that neck and roll them around there as many times as Chad can go a call away and set them up. They both don't miss when they do it. T Wade literally, that's that's his run. So I like to say, and I think you got to pick your run. Your I don't know that I can. I tell people that when they are learning, or like anybody, I'm like. If you're gonna mimic, I don't know that I would mimic T Way because I don't know if you're as good as him. I don't know if you got that, and now you can't mimic anybody. But you know what I mean. Like he knows how to, they know how to do their deal, and that's what you got to figure out. If you're rodeoing, yeah. If you're rodeoing, you just got to figure out what works for you and kind of stick with it within reason. I don't think you should just be so hard headed that you're roping terrible and you should just nope. This is how I rope. You know what I mean? I'm saying you shouldn't change or try other stuff, but well, I think- figuring out. I think that's like learning how to win is you take things like like what makes T Wade so special or like Chad so special and like both of those guys I think do a great job at keeping their horses working after they throw their rope. Oh yeah. Both guys like are pretty easy to heal behind, it looks like to me. Like and it's a little you can you probably heal different behind each, you know, each guy, but at the same time there's that's pretty incredible like you know, the consistency that they do show. And then I think there's there's little things like that. It's it's hard, like, I think the hardest one is is Caleb and probably Dustin. Those are the two guys that are, because they can do some stuff that just, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like, you, I mean, you see it probably all the time, but when Caleb really turns it on and goes to reaching, it's, it's, I don't even worry about it anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I it used to, like, be something I would try to figure out. And now I'm like, I don't even, I don't even mess with that. Like, he's just. It's incredible to see that, but I, I, I don't know. That's I think that's kind of part of the, the aspects of it, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think like say Caleb, he's he's evolved, he's changed. He's I mean, he uses his horse a little more, and so he's gotten to where he's not just a complete bomber. But uh, yeah, they like D Wade. He bombs, but he's easy to heal behind. He just takes care of them. It's yeah. impressive that his horses. Everyone thinks a reacher gets a horse stuck, and that couldn't be more from the truth because they reach. Well, they got to be able to stay up to get your slack, and that's that's not true. Now we might not. Get, they might get them where they ain't running. <laughs> you might get them where because yeah. it doesn't have to run. I don't know about that. Whatever. I think he keeps sort of working good. He can win on a lot of different horses because he doesn't require the horse to be perfect. But uh, he's real good at reading a steer too. That T weight, he's. Like scoring, he's real. Everyone thinks like that this one guy rides better than the next guy, or whatever. But that T Way can read the cow. I seen him at Robertson Hill. He's an animal up there. He'll dang near rope the steer in the tunnel and just lead him off around the neck. I'm like, how in the hell that he can read the barrier? He's he's unbelievable at it. But yeah, I don't like saying. I think that he's his deals evolved a lot. Is his horses have gotten better since back in the day when he rode BJ and stuff. I mean, like, and I think Caleb, like I say, they all changed. I don't know. But that reach, and I don't want to heal behind them reachers. They'll make you look stupid. <laughs> Everyone jumps up on the fence to see what Dustin does. And I'll watch him at Angelo. And 
Levi leaves the box chasing the steer. It's already got the rope on over there. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. I don't want no part of that. You have no idea where Because everyone's going to like, dang, that looked hard. I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't want no part of that. It looks He's, he's fast. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, uh, you know, just to kind of like summarize all that. I, I think that each of these guys are going to have their, their way of winning, right? And that's, that's what kind of keeps it where it does balance itself out when you do look at the, the standings at the year end, you know, before the finals, especially, but there's certain guys that they got their run and it fits in certain situations. And it just seems like everyone's going to be winning their fair share. And I think it's the ones that can be true to themselves and the teams run and keep their horses working and be strong mentally. I think that's the the big thing is the ones that don't, don't fall apart. Um, Cause it, I, I, I think uh, a lot of times for, I don't know what this felt like for you last year, but there'll be a run of a week or two where it's like, bam, that's ten, fifteen thousand no, dollars. You know what I mean? It's like, and that that used to probably not happen at times throughout the summer. Yeah. And it's like, those are the they change your summer completely up, and you kind of just got to be ready for those to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like that's 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 the way it is for a lot of a lot of guys that that do pretty good throughout the year. You know, it's it's not like every team just wins a thousand dollars at a rodeo and you know, then they make it, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, no, the, there, there's some 10 guys, like you say that it's all gonna, well, this guy might have a lot one, this guy might not have much one, but they're next thing you know, the top 10 guys, they're unbelievable how they're going to get their money. You know, they're going to get their money. Like, I mean, you'll look up and the miners might not have a ton one, but you know, when you go to the Northwest, they're going to kick your butt. Like it, there's going to be, yeah. They, there's times when like those top ten teams, they're going to win their money. You believe that, Chad? Everybody be like, well, it's getting too old. Finally, I was like, no. I said, come summertime, he'll only be able to take two or three horses, and he's an animal. Like he's going to get his money. Yeah. If you think you're going to take Chad's spot, you're wrong. And there's and there's so there's uh, just because we're talking about Chad. That's. It's easy to oh yeah pick it on him or you think well all right and now we're getting this guy's spot next thing you know he's just draping it on him turn that's like nope you ain't getting his spot them top ten guys man and then the fifteen through twenty twenty five they're still trying to figure out what they are sometimes and sometimes there's twelve of those guys that it's like well but you know what I mean like they they might they can't keep that line as good like they can't they'll get too low and too high or whatever but uh. Them top 10, they're going to get their money. You believe that. And it might be in different ways or different times of the year, but now believe me, I said, they'll do it. And, yeah, I agree. And I think that's, uh, that's understanding that. Like, so if you're going to beat them, it's got to be all year. You know what I mean? You got to be mm-hmm. preparing for it for so long. Just, just cause there are some, so many guys that work at it hard, but those guys have been working at it hard for a long time. And they know what it takes. And then once you kind of have that experience with all that added up, it's it's hard to get, hard to beat. Yeah, they, they plan their years out for it. I know, like, used to, it still happens. I mean, people from back east, oh, man, we meant go to Odessa and Fort Worth and Denver. And if we got 20,001 and we went to our few circuit radios, we'll keep going. Man, Chad doesn't care if he has fifteen hundred on it. Reno, he's going, and then he's going to get his. You believe that? Yeah. And so they they plan on a year round, and that's how their mind works. Versus, 
some people that ain't sure about it. I've talked to a bunch of people. I tell them that that cannot be the mind frame. Man, if I got this one, I'll keep going. Or I'll keep going. If we got this one after California, I'll keep going. I was like, no. If you're giving yourself an out, I promise to you, you'll find it. But if you say, you know what? I'm going to go until Stephenville. When Stephenville's over in September, I'm gonna, that's when I'm done. And if you give yourself that, you'll find yourself a lot more in the fight than you were if you give yourself an out. And I ain't never... There's hardly ever have I ever seen somebody give their stuff an out and it work out. Like maybe the super talented, I don't know, level probably said, man, if I don't have 50,001 before the summer, I might just go down there. You know I mean? He's super talented. You can't do what he does. Yeah. He might say, I might go home, but he'll have 61 instead of 50. You know I mean? There might be those kind of people, but a normal person, eh, you can't give yourself out. So I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a, <laughs> It's a true way to look at that. I mean, <laughs> just just being honest. I think that's a that perspective of all year long because it, it just will create that. Um, you'll know what it takes to to go from Pendleton to Albuquerque. You know, like kind of the those drives that you're gonna have to make, the setups, like what your roping's gonna have to be like, and if uh, if you got to win a little bit of money at some of those, you know what I mean. It just gives you that more of an edge if you've already experienced it. You know, and I think that's that just is going to build up and increase the odds of you being successful at that at those rodeos over time. You know, but. yeah, I think you like say you got to see the rodeos, you got to see them. I think that's with anything like I literally, it's embarrassing to say, but I didn't, I didn't know nothing about. I, the first time I come out here, I just entered this. No, no, I entered, entered, entered. I turned out more rodeos than I. I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was mounting out and everything else because I didn't even know how to enter or nothing. I show up to Greeley, Colorado. I, I could have, you could have asked me, I don't know if it was outdoors or indoors or right. nothing. I entered, I was terrible. I didn't have no help entering. And me and Adam, my buddy was just driving around, flying around. Generator didn't work. Ain't nothing. We didn't know what we were doing. Trucks broke down. You got to learn how to do all that now. I mean, if a truck, I mean, anything, I know how to fix the generator. If the truck ready, like you know how to make everything work. Then it was like I went into a foreign country. I don't speak English, and I don't know. You know what I mean? I was like, "What?" I showed up to. So I, what I'm saying is, experience helps. Going to the rodeos, I think it was. I had to let, I told my cousin yesterday, Clay. He was he went out of the rope in the first round, and I told him. I learned this. I watched Clay trying. Clay trying. 2014 i really started studying what he had going on and he would go out of the rope and on the first one or have a leg or whatever and i would get a leg on the first year and the second year i'd just throw from the box i'd miss and i'd go home and he roped aggressive but the same way the second round the third round the fourth round all of a sudden the roping got soft he won third with the leg and he got practice out of it whereas i would just I'd pay him $150, $300, whatever the fees were. If we got a leg on the first one, I would just throw in the box, miss the second one, we'd be done. I got nothing out of it. That's what I told him yesterday. He was out of the rope in the first round, but he was still roping. I was like, hey, act like you're leading the roping and rope aggressive, but rope, like just try to heal good. Like try, don't just now I'm out of it. Oh, 
just going through the motions mad. You know what I mean? I was like, get something out of it. So I think jackpotting in a mentality way is the same as rodeo and like get yourself, even though you're out of it, don't just abandon it. You've already paid them whatever the fees were. It's too much, whatever. You well, now you got a practice pen, you got sweet steers, and you got somebody work shoot for you. Get your money's worth, run them off. That way, you're. I think that's the reason Clay trying is the best jackpotter we ever seen is because it, you couldn't tell if he was in the rope and out of the rope and whatever. He ripped the same way. He was coming into them, cull away, snapping on them. And next thing you know, more times than not, if he started off with a penalty, he placed. But if nothing else, he knew what to do tomorrow when he was in the rope. And you know what I mean? And so. I told him yesterday, I just told him that, but I was like, I learned a lot by watching Clay. That's how he competes. And so I was like, man, I don't know if that's how he thinks. He might be going, trying to throw from the box. If he is, he's slow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but looking to me, he's like, he's still trying to win something, but he's not abandoning well, the rope. And then all of a sudden he's, he's back in it. I think he's like, just mastered his run. And he like, he like, even like more like you fortify the run even more when you can do it in competition, right? And so if he can just continue to make it and make it and make it, the more times you make it, whether you win or not, I think it just increases the confidence and the feel and everything for the whole team. And so it's like, and his run just happens to be, I think the perfect jackpotting run anyways. So it's like he, he now like as over the last handful of years, when it got faster and faster and harder to win, he was still able to just, keep winning you know what i mean like it it was unbelievable but i think that's a lot of the reason why is he's just he has so much feel for when to throw his rope how to mm -hmm. ride his horse and and what the run it would create he's done it so much he's an animal i somewhere at 377 just the other day he's out of the rope and early we've kind of give up on clay all of a sudden here he comes he's 29 on three or four with two partners and they we both got legs in the first round i think and he's done battle back. He's sticking. I'm like, dang. I thought we got rid of that guy in the first. Because yeah. you'll kind of be watching. You're like, well, if I get rid of Clay, then I got to get rid of another Clay. <laughs> if we can get rid of them few guys, this rope will get softer. All the headers And Clay. next thing you know, <laughs> this Clay Tryon is back. He's back with a 29 on four with a leg. I'm like, God, Clay. Yeah. thought he was done. I'm 28 clean. You know what I mean? Like, But that's how he, I don't, it, yeah. Yeah, I think, like you say, he's mastered it. And I think mastering it is from practicing it and staying true to it at the ropes. He don't really, we don't get no practice out of it. I miss. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to train my horse. Or I get a leg on the first one. I'm going to train my horse. Or I'm going to throw from the box and go home. He's just going to stay. Looks like he's winning the rope. And he's going to keep roping, keep roping. Next thing you know, he's going to win something. Or if not, he knows how to do it tomorrow. And uh, he's an animal. He's he says he's old, can't reach, and the, it, the idea that that guy can't reach and people are crazy. He just learned how not to. They still reach it. I don't know that. Yeah, he's still heck. He can he can reach. <laughs> yeah, his his version of like him feeling old is pretty wild because it's unbelievable how good he is today. I mean, it's just more or less. I think he's just done it long enough that you know what I mean to be at the top of the game for so long. It's just kind of i don't know it's probably a little different feeling to where he's at now and i think but anyways i think he's amazing I mean, best header of all time is what I, in my opinion so it's it's been pretty incredible to to see that and how that's kind of unfolded but yeah 
man, you want to add anything else before we, before we wrap this up? I, <laughs> I, I just thought it was cool. I, I, you know, for you to kind of come out from, from the East coast, cause like you and I are on, I'd say like the exact opposite sides of it. You know, you talk yeah. about use your rope first, rope a lot of like kind of older, you know, mm-hmm. steers, um, use your horse first steers are strong type of header. And, and I never really got exposed to a, to a lot of guys that rope, you know, you, you're around a few that rope really, really good, but not a whole group of them. And so it's a, you know, and we're, we're pretty similar in age. And it's like, when you come out here, it's just a whole different game. And, yeah. uh, and to experience that and to kind of see how that works. And it's, uh, it's a wild, it's a wild deal. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I can't say one's easier. I said that, man, it'd be easier to learn to ride your horse better. I'm 33 and still working on it. Like I don't kick, I don't use my legs. So I don't know what's easier. Well, no, cause I- I'm fascinated with the people that can, I don't like Clint Summers. He's from the East. But he can kick his horse. He can get all out oh of him. Oh my goodness! He's he he can hustle that head horse through it. Me, which I'm look fat. I'm coming across <laughs> here lobbing it, and I'm like, my rope, my watching my roping. I don't, I don't love. I'm plain, you know. what I mean, I don't like watching my roping that much. I don't, I don't have a flashy. I wanted, and I've never wanted to be like that. I wanted to be just effective. Which yeah. is, you know what I mean. Go with that. I I um I feel like I'm the same. I don't I don't really think what I'm, I'm pretty vanilla. I'm like okay, well, I just went and caught that cow. You yeah, know I'm pretty just, vanilla. There's some yeah. people that's cookies and cream and stuff, but that's not me. <laughs> I'd like to be like that, but very rarely. Every now and then, you know. No, it's it, it's funny though because you you know you say like that's what you struggle with. I'm I'm the exact opposite. Like I like last year rodeo, and I was like, well, I struggle wanting to reach, and I've always had my horses running probably too much. So now I start with my rope up and I try to take almost a little run out of my horse and, mm-hmm. you know, and you're kind of trying to hunt the shot a little bit more for me. And it's like, yeah, but that's something that, 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 that happens. And I think, uh, you know, that a lot of that is, you know, you gotta be able to address where you grow up and what type of steers you're going to rope. And I think the, the thing about, uh, you know, social media and being able to watch runs is you kind of get a, a little better perspective than what I had growing up <laughs> on what it will actually take to compete Whoa, like throughout time. the whole year, right? So that's what I've told them. I've told my cousins, it's like, if y'all aren't better than me, or even people, I said, y'all suck because <laughs> how could y'all not get better? I literally, I didn't know anything. Yeah. I didn't, I was so redneck from North Carolina. I didn't know anything till I got out here and still not, they, they already knew every. They knew everything when they were thirteen years old, twelve years old. They're watching videos. They know what the rodeos look like. Now we got the Cowboy Channel. It's like they know. Yeah. Me, hey, I showed up. I was a dumb redneck from North Carolina. I promise. I didn't know nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a whole different game. But I, I do. I think that's important to yeah to know that. Hey, this is this is kind of these setups and these are the runs and be able to evaluate, evaluate yourself. That's so. right. Man, I appreciate it. Thank oh, you. Yeah. 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 